This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 178th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. Not surprisingly, a lot of my thoughts lately are still revolving around Dreamlander's release at the beginning of the month. Launching a book is always an interesting experience. You labor on and love a story for years, and then suddenly it's out of your hands. I always feel a fair share of relief that I'm finished and can move on to new projects, but there's also more than a little melancholy as well. I'm in a bit of a unique position as an author since I not only write fiction, but teach others how to write it as well. Over the course of the launch week, quite a few people mentioned they were buying the book so they could see how I put my teachings into practice. Can you say eek? I always find that a little frightening since writing is something every single one of us will be learning how to do for the rest of our lives. And just because I teach it on my blog, my podcast, and my vlog, certainly doesn't mean that I have it mastered. I'm just one of the gang, pondering my words every day, hoping I can write something of worth, hoping readers like my stories, and hoping they live up to the expectations of all of you. And so, once again, I thank all of you for allowing me to both tell you my stories in the best way I know how, and to share what I learn along the way. Why Stupid Characters Make for Stupid Stories The latest post in the video series on my blog discusses the problem of making a character react without logic. To watch it, visit my website at www.helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, the second in the series, Structuring Your Stories Scenes. This installment is titled, The Three Building Blocks of the Scene. Like story itself, each scene follows a specific structure. At its heart, the arc of the scene is the same as that of the larger story structure exhibited over the course of the book. The beginning equals the hook, the middle equals the development, and the end equals the climax. When we look at the arc this way, it makes a basic sort of sense, but it doesn't really offer us any specific advice for how to create these elements within the scene. So, let's break it down further still. Both scene and sequel follow a basic three-part arc, but the elements are significantly different in each. Today, we're going to take a look at the three basic building blocks of the scene. As we continue in the series, we'll look at some variations upon these three parts of the arc. But generally speaking, your scenes are going to need to possess the following. The first part of the arc is the goal. This is where it all starts. What your character wants on a large scale is what drives your entire story. What he wants on a smaller scale drives your scene. If he doesn't want anything, then the story has no impetus. So, no goal equals no giddy up and go. What your character wants in any given scene will be a minuscule reflection of his overall story goal and or a step toward his achieving that goal. For example, if your character's overall story goal is to escape a POW camp, his scene goals might be to procure a shovel, to bribe a guard to leave his post, or to convince a buddy to come along. Once you know your character's goal in a given scene, you know the purpose of the scene. No goal equals no point. Establish the character's goal as early as possible in the scene. Readers need to understand what's at stake. 
what is the character trying to accomplish? Why is he trying to accomplish it? And what will happen if he fails? The second part of the arc is the conflict. Once you have your goal in place, your next responsibility is to create an obstacle that will prevent your character from easily achieving the result he seeks. No conflict, no story might be said more accurately as no conflict, no scene. Conflict is what keeps the character from reaching his goal, and thus what keeps the story from ending too quickly. Conflict makes up the middle development section of the scene arc. Most of the meat of your scene will probably be taken up by the conflict. In our POW camp example, the story's overall conflict might be to outwit and escape the camp's cruel commanding officer. But on the scene level, this conflict will manifest in ways such as getting caught stealing the shovel, getting blackmailed by the bribed guard, or arguing with the buddy who's unsure about the escape. Whatever the scene conflict, it must arise organically as an obstacle to the goal. A random spat with the camp bully may offer conflict, but if it doesn't endanger the protagonist's ability to achieve his goal, then it isn't the specific scene conflict you're looking for. Conflict comes in many variations, everything from a knife fight to a cave-in to a lost credit card. It doesn't have to occur between two people. It doesn't even have to be a fight or an argument in the traditional sense. All that matters is that it hinders the achievement of the scene goal. Third part of the arc is the disaster or outcome. Finally, the conflict must be resolved decidedly, and probably not in the protagonist's favor. The scene's outcome is the build-up to the next scene. If it's all tied up too nicely, there will be no logical next step, and the story will end. Some authors dislike the disaster label for the scene's outcome, since it seems to indicate that something earth-shatteringly awful has to happen at the end of every scene. If you're writing a thriller, that's all fine and good, but what if your story is a romance or a quiet literary saga? You can hardly have folks getting shot or crashing their cars at the end of every scene. True enough. It's also true enough that it's pretty near impossible to end every scene with a full-on disaster. Sometimes, in order for the story to move forward, the conflict simply must be resolved in the protagonist's favor. We'll talk more about this in our podcast on variations of the scene. So even with all that in mind, I still prefer the emphasis on disaster. If for no other reason, then it offers a continual reminder to keep the stakes high and the protagonist off balance. As such, disasters can come in many different varieties. Shootings and car crashes are the extreme end of the disaster scale. On the tamer side, we find unfavorable outcomes such as getting suckered into making a losing bet, getting a flat tire on the way to a crucial meeting, or even just letting that box of Valentine's candy melt into a sticky mess. The disaster must also evolve organically from the conflict that created it. If your hero gets dumped by his girl as a result of an argument, that's an organic disaster. If he argues with her and then gets arrested for jaywalking, that's probably not going to be a sensible outcome. You either need to change the disaster to fit the goal in conflict, or change the goal in conflict so they properly set up the arrest as the disaster. Our POW camp scenes might end disastrously with the shovel thief failing to find a shovel, 
the bribed guard threatening to throw our hero into solitary, or the scared buddy hurling accusations of self-serving recklessness. The point in any disaster is that the hero finds himself in a pickle, which will lead us right into the sequel. As an example of these three elements of the scene, consider the third chapter of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. The goal is to dance at the assembly ball and to catch the eye of the newcomers from London. The conflict is that the women outnumber the men, so there aren't enough partners to go around. And the disaster comes in the form of Darcy's rejection of Elizabeth as a partner. So there you have it, a full-blown scene from top to bottom. Once you understand the inner workings of this most important of all story components, you can purposefully build strong scenes that will not only carry their own weight, but which will bear up the story itself and create a plot that flows logically and powerfully from beginning to end. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.